Hello. Yes. <laughs> Hope you guys are having a great day. I'm looking at myself as I'm recording this live and it's just like curls is popping. Lipstick is luscious. You know, makeup is like got that soft beat situation going on. Like y'all might think I have a filter on, but sis, I don't. This is just it. Mm. Ew. Okay. So we know today's episode is going to be fire because I'm feeling myself just a little bit. Um, but today's episode is going to be one, especially if you are in a, like, this is definitely the episode for the person who wants to know why your coaching clients need more private one-on-one -on -one to actually achieve the result. Um, so if you are, you know, a coach, you have a group coaching program, um, and you're wondering, maybe you want to go to a group program, but you're just like, I, my clients right now only can get results if they have private one-on-one -on -one access to me. This is a really, really great episode for you. Okay. So I thank you guys for the love. If anybody is catching me live, or if you're like watching this in the replay, can we like give a clap up for the curls real quick? Like, yes. Yes, curls. Yes, curls. Right? I'm just feeling it today. But this is one of those episodes you're definitely going to want to have your notebook, a notepad, a pen and paper out because you're definitely going to want to take some notes on this, okay? So if you are in a position right now where you are wondering if the only way that your clients can get results is with private one-on-one -on -one coaching, this is, and you, and you want to know why that is, and maybe if you want to change that, what ne what's necessary to make those adjustments, this episode is for you. So, and if you guys do stay on until the end, I will do a Q&A at the very, very end. So if you guys have any questions, you can pop them in the comments. I will do a Q&A at the end of this episode. So first thing is first, there is a belief. And let me know if you have this belief, if you've ever had this belief at any point in your business journey, uh, please type the word me in the comments, okay? People believe that if an expert does it for them, then they will be more likely to achieve the outcome than if they do it for themselves. If, that is, if you've ever had that thought, ever had that belief, type the word me in the comments. People believe that if an expert does it for them or does it, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, then they will be more likely to achieve the outcome, achieve the result than if they tried on their own. Have you ever had that thought before? I know I have. I still have that thought sometimes even in my own business that if, it, if an expert does it for me, then they will be more likely to achieve the result or achieve the outcome than if I do it for myself. Clients, prospects tell me this all the time. You know, a lot, the number one reason why clients choose to work with us is because they want more structure in how they help their clients achieve the result of their program. They want more structure, they want more streamlined processes, and they actually want something that's a little bit more sustainable. They know how to maybe get their client, they know how to like deliver the result, but it's not sustainable, it's very difficult for them to repeat it, and it's almost impossible for them to scale it. Because right now, there's, it's too customized, it's too complicated of a business model or a marketing strategy or a sales process. And they have a belief that if, you know, it, when, they, when they come to me, they're like, okay, Jay, I know that I need help clarifying my program promise. I need to figure out what my program promise even is. Like, I know how to deliver the result, but there is no clearly defined, articulated promise for what it is that I offer. And I know that I get results, but there's no structure about how I guide a client or move a client through the process of getting that result. So when they do come to me, some prospects have said, well, Jay, I need you private one-on-one -on -one, or 
I'm actually going to try to hire a private one-on-one -on -one coach to be able to help me do this. And there's an underlying belief that people think that if an expert does it for them, then they are more likely to achieve the result or the outcome than if they were to do it for themselves or try for themselves. And I want to break down this concept really quickly, okay? If you're a coach and or if you are a CEO, meaning you run your own business, you're responsible for the decisions that are made at the end of the day, right? This is a very dangerous territory to step into when you're looking to get support to grow your business. Very, very dangerous territory. If you have this belief that if an expert does it for me, then they will get the results or the outcome better than I would if I try it for myself. And the reason why that is, is because I want to break down the difference between a done for you provider and what a coach pr predominantly offers. And this is really important for you if you are running a coaching business, if you are a coach, um, or if you're a business owner in and of itself. So when you hire a done-for-you provider, who here has hired a done-for-you provider before? Just if you have, just give me a little hands-up emoji or throw some hearts up on the screen. If you've ever hired somebody who's done something for you, maybe you've hired a web designer who has designed the website for you. Maybe you've hired a photographer who's taken the photos for you. Maybe you've hired a copywriter who has written the copy for your application page or for an email sequence for you. Like you've hired a done-for-you provider. A done-free provider is really good in a situation when you actually, um, you know, when something maybe is outside of your expertise, it's a very like niche or specialized um, delivery or a very specialized outcome that you're looking to accomplish. Like if you need a website designed, you know, I'm, I'm not a website designer, but I, maybe I need that for my business. So I'm going to hire a done-for-you, you know, web designer. Or maybe I'm, I'm redoing my branding, getting a, a rebrand, and I need to hire a graphic designer to design the logo and design, uh, you know, pick our font type and stuff like that. The thing that comes into play when, he, when you're running a coaching business or you're serving your coaching clients, if, you're, if your only way to get your client results or consistent results or the big results is if there's private one-on-one -on -one coaching, it is because you are misconstruing the relationship of what the delivery is supposed to be. Many people go into situations thinking that, okay, if, if it's done for me, if I do it for my client, I can guarantee them the results. And there's a really big difference between a done-for-you provider and a decide-for-you coach, okay? A done-for-you versus decide-for-you. Write that down on your paper. Somebody help your neighbor out in the comments. Just jot down some of these gems as you guys are picking them up. A done-for-you provider, just write down the, the term done-for-you versus decide-for-you. And this is a really, really, really important distinction that we all need to make. When you are coaching your clients, you are in a done with you relationship, meaning that I will do this with you. I will not do this for you. I will do this with you. And the with you part of the process as a coach is the with you aspect is like really the teaching. It is true coaching and it is really supporting the client with being able as they are um, effectively implementing whatever it is they need to be doing. You are not doing it for them. So, for example, when clients come to work with us over here at Team Hawk. Again, the number one thing that clients hire us for is to help them clarify their program promise. And being able to clarify your program's promise is a lot of work around deciding on your niche, um, clarifying the tangible results that your offer delivers, creating more structure and being more definitive and committing to a niche, committing to an Olympian, committing to what your offer is going to include and what it's going to exclude, right? So if a client says, Jay, I need you private one-on-one -on -one to help me figure out my offer and there's no way that I can learn this in a group environment, there's an underlying belief that they want me to do this for them 
but primarily within a coaching relationship, they want me to decide the big decisions for them. And this is really dangerous territory for your client to be in or for you to be in if you are a client. If you keep thinking that I need to hire a coach and maybe you're not consciously thinking this, but subconsciously, this is what your expectations are. That this client, that this coach needs to decide these things for me in order for me to get the results. Why? Because I trust that they will be able to do it better than me because they're the expert. And they, I don't trust that their expertise can guide me effectively on this journey. And I'm going to break down that in a little bit here. But the concept that I want to break down is hiring somebody for a done for you makes sense when you are trying to maybe hire a project based situation. It's a very tangible outcome. But more importantly, you're the one making all the key decisions to be able to facilitate that done for you transformation. Even when you hire a website designer, you're still making the decisions on what our brand voice is that influence the visual elements of the website. You're still the one making the decisions on what the, um, you know, maybe the mood board, what the vibe of your brand is, what the feelings that you want your audience to have, like what you want to be visually perceived as. You're still directing and deciding those things, which are then influencing the visuals to be created. You guys picking up what I'm putting down? But in a coaching relationship, when people are hiring you with an expectation that at the only way that they can get the result is if it's private one-on-one, -on -one, be very, very cautious because there's probably an underlying expectation that you're going to make the, the big decisions for them. And that's a, that's a place, it's, it's very dangerous territory to be in because at the end of the day, your coach does not have to live with the decisions that have been made within your business. At the end of the day, you have to live with those decisions. You have to execute based off those decisions. You need to lead your team based off of those decisions. You need to be able to deliver to your clients based off of those decisions. So it's really important that you're not hiring a coach for the, the thought that you want them to not just do it for you, but they, that you want them to decide the key things for you. A coach can never decide what your niche is. A coach can never tell you what your program promises. A coach can never tell you these things. They can coach you on them. They can teach you principles to help you make better decisions for yourself on them, but they can't be the ultimate one responsible for making that decision. It, that, that's when we start blurring the lines between codependency and a true healthy coaching relationship. If you feel as if that you can't make big decisions in your business without your coach's approval, without, without your coach's you know, validation, that's a really unhealthy place to be in as a client. And that's a really unhealthy place for you to put your clients in. If your clients cannot get results without you customizing, without you co-signing, without you validating all of their decisions, that's a really disempowered place for any client or anybody to be in versus being in an empowered state where you're coaching them and teaching them and guiding them on teaching them. These are the things and the questions you need to be asking yourself, the influences and, this, and the, um, you know, the influences you need to be considering for you to make a confident decision. Not for me to take that responsibility away by making the decision for you. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? Is this resonating with you at all? I think that's a really, really, really important distinction. So if your coaching clients need private one-on-one -on -one access to you or need private one-on-one -on -one coaching to get the result, we're blurring their lines of the actual relationship. We're moving from a healthy coaching relationship to a more codependent situation where now you're not teaching them, you're not coaching them, you're not guiding them, you're making the decisions for them. And that's not a situation you want to be in as a client with a coach, and that's absolutely not a situation as a coach you wanna put your clients in. So this, that's a really, really, really important distinction, okay? As a coach, you are not doing anything for your clients. 
You are teaching them. You are creating curriculum. You're curating a community. You're designing um, a, a framework for them to follow. But ultimately, the only way for them to get the results is if they do the work. And part of being able to effectively do the work is being able to have, how do you now, the question comes up, how do I now instill confidence and design curriculum in such a way that gives my clients clarity on how to make these decisions for themselves? Not for me to make the decisions for them, but how do I design my curriculum, curate my community, really amplify and develop frameworks around my coaching methodologies so that my clients, when they go through this process, they have confidence on being able to make these decisions for themselves based off of the curriculum that I've provided, based off the teaching of the trainings, based off the coaching in the community, right? That's a really, really important distinction. If y'all don't get nothing else from today, that's the one nugget. <laughs> like that is the one nugget. When people talk about how do I increase the value of my program so that I can charge premium price, that is a core distinction. How well can my clients get the results and how confident are my clients making key decisions so that they can properly execute and get the results of my program without needing me, without needing customization from me, without me robbing them of the opportunity and me making the decision for them. That is how you increase the value of your program. That is what allows you to charge premium prices. That is what really does start to set you up as an authority and as a thought leader within your industry. You guys picking up what I'm putting down. Y'all kind of quiet today. I know it's a little early in some time zones, but I just want to make sure this is good for you guys. So if there's a need, I'm going to break down three other core components here of like why there is a need for personalization or private one-on-one -on -one in order to get results. And one of these three areas is probably the one, like and the thing that I want you to kind of uh, process through as you're taking notes and as you're listening to this is which one of these three areas do I need to double down and work on in this season? And this is why, I, you know, a lot, the reason why my programs are designed, uh, you know, for longer term containers, you know, if you work with me, you're probably going to work with me for at least a year. Most clients stay with me for two to three. And the reason why is there's a level of mastery that you have to get to within your delivery, within your sales, within your messaging, within your coaching to be able to infuse all of these elements into a program. This is why I'm a huge believer. Don't go create something new if you want to generate more revenue. Get better at delivering the thing that you're already doing. Because this is what I mean by depth of mastery. Like if maybe you can get clients, maybe you can secure clients, maybe you can deliver the results, but how sustainable is it? You know, how streamlined are your processes and your teaching and your curriculum? You know, like how confident and certain are your clients at being able to make the key decisions they need to make in regard to the curriculum, the program that you're delivering? Like, that's a really important question to be asking. Like, that lets you know, I don't need to go create something new. I need to get better at delivering the thing that I've already created. So I want to break down these three things right now, okay? what are These are the three primary reasons why personalization or private one-on-one -on -one is needed for your clients to get the result. And I just want you guys to take note, okay, which one do I know that I need to get better at when it comes to my delivery? And which one am I, am I maybe even um, need to work on as a client when I'm in a coaching program, Okay. The reason why, the, this is the number one reason, okay? Write this down, help your neighbor out in the comments. This is the number one reason why personalization or private one-on-one -on -one is needed in a coaching program to get clients results. It is one, the very first reason is the lack of effective curriculum. It is the lack of effective curriculum. Write that down for your neighbor. That is the number one reason 
why clients need personalization or private one-on-one -on -one to get the promise of your program is the lack of effective curriculum. The reason this is, this is the number one objection I get when somebody says, Jay, I really need one-on-one. -on -one. I do not know, I don't really believe that if I join this group program, I'm going to be able to get the result that you're telling me I can get. And when I ask the reason, what makes you question that? And I get curious. I ask this question, what makes you, what makes you question that? And I'm asking purely out of curiosity. And the reason why they normally tell me is that I said in the, they said in the previous coaching programs I was in, there was, there was a lack of structure. I was able to get results and like I had a good experience, but there was a lack of structure. And I said, was the only way for you to have major breakthroughs is when you had private access to the coach. And nine times out of 10, the answer was yes. That the only time they were able to have major breakthroughs in that program was when they had private one-on-one -on -one access to the coach or if the coach provided a, a deep level of customization or personalization for them. And I said, okay, now that makes sense. The reason why you were in that program before and the reason why you were only able to get that breakthrough is not because you only survive or you only succeed when somebody's giving you private one-on-one -on -one access. It's because there was a lack of curriculum that guided you through that process. And that's normally when the light bulb goes off. One-on-one -on -one access or one-on-one -on -one support is always offered in a group program. It's just not done privately. If you're on a group coaching call and you ask a specific question and you get an answer to that specific question, you're getting one-on-one -on -one support. It's one-to-one. -one. You asked a question, I answered it. If you're in a, a group program and you ask a question inside of a Facebook group or a forum and you ask a specific question and then if somebody gives you a specific, coaches you through it, asks you questions, it helps you get to a resolution, that is one-on-one -on -one support. It's one-to-one. -one. It's just done publicly, not privately. And the reason why many coaching programs have to require, have to offer private one-on-one -on -one is not because it's some fast action bonus and it's the only way for you to buy it. It's primarily because the curriculum is not strong enough to provide the breakthrough to you without them customizing it. And the reason for this is many of us are in a state where we are experts in what we do. We know how to deliver the results, but we have unconscious competence around our expertise. Somebody write that down for your neighbor. The reason why you, a lot of coaches, you might even be in this situation. I've been in this situation for most of my career where like I have a level of unconscious competence around my expertise. So if you bring a client to my house or you put somebody in front of me on a Zoom call and they say, Jay, help me clarify my program promise, help me niche down, help me determine what my qualifiers are, I can do it without thinking. I can do it without really thinking. And that's good up until a point in business. But if you want to create more leverage in your business, if you want to position your business to be in a, in, a, in, a, in a growth season where you can double your client load, triple your client load without you having to work and take on more private one-on-one -on -one calls, that's a really dangerous place to be in as a provider. Because if my clients can only get the results when I'm around, when they have access to my brain, when they have private one-on-one -on -one support from me, I'm now limiting the reach of what my impact can be. Because now my impact, my, my value creation is 100% dependent on how much time I have available and how much time my clients have access to me. Which that can drive the price up substantially, but it also caps my earning potential. Nobody wants to be booked out to the point where you, you don't want to be booked out and not hitting your revenue goals. I don't know about you, but I know I don't want to be in that situation. Where I'm booked out, busy, 
blessed, but my income is also blocked because I literally cannot take on more clients, which means I cannot generate more income, which means I have now just capped my own earning potential. Being booked out is cute until it's not cute no more, y'all. It's cute until it's not cute. <laughs> so we have a level of unconscious competence around our expertise, which is why if you're a coach and you only can get your clients the result when there's private one-on-one -on -one access, it just means that you now, you need to start working on that skill set. How do I now become more consciously competent around my expertise so that I can unpack that intellectual property, document that into a curriculum so that clients can move through that process and still get the exact same result? That's the number one reason why personalization or private one-on-one -on -one access is needed to get the client the result. Lack of effective curriculum. Most co courses and majority of the coaching programs in our industry, they teach you what you need to do, right? They teach you, okay, here's this concept. Create an ideal client profile. Okay, let's talk about demographics. Who's the demographic of your audience? What's their age range? What's their expected salary? How many kids do they have? Are they married? Are they single? Are they driving a minivan or a coupe? All right, guys, where do they live in the world? Okay, what's their socioeconomic status? What's their education level? Got it, girl. All right, you know your ideal client. It's surface level shit. I'm just going to call it what it is. I'm going to call it what it is. It's surface level malarkey. Surface level. Surface level. Surface level. Mm-mm. They teach you what you need to know. As a business owner, do you need to know who your ideal client is? Yes. Should you know the demographics of who you're trying to reach? Yes. Is that really giving it what it's supposed to have gave? Is that really connecting the dots? Okay, now I understand who my ideal client pro my, my ideal client is from a demographic perspective. But how do I now use that demographic data to pull out the specific qualifiers to make sure that I'm qualifying all these ideal people for my program? That's a different level of depth. So I think most people have been in group coaching programs where either there's no structure and there's a really, really smart expert who's unconsciously competent around a level of expertise. So they just offer a bunch of private one-on-one -on -one or a lot of customization or they're constantly giving you critiques on what it is that you do. And that works to a degree. And there's other programs where the curriculum that they're providing is not just teaching you what you need to know, but it's also breaking down the how. Now that you understand this philosophy, here are these frameworks, these models, these processes so that you can break this down and fully implement what it is that I'm trying, the concept that I just taught you, the concept that I just introduced you to. It, make it make sense. We all understand what an ideal client profile is. But do I understand how to distinguish, how to determine, how to diagnose, how to decipher, how to pinpoint in a room who my qualified client is? Everybody's talking about get more engagement. We got to increase your reach if you want to increase your legion. Cute in theory, right? Who cares how many followers you have if you're not getting qualified applicants applying for your program? Who cares how many people are saving your posts if those um, if your content that you're publishing on your newsfeed is not properly qualifying your leads and, and exciting them and, and causing them to take action to start conversations with you. Who cares if you're publishing all this content? Girl, I'm on Instagram. I'm posting three to five times a day. Boom, bam, pow. Back up, sis. 
But when I talk about what metrics actually matter when we're looking at engagement, what do the real numbers look like? Conversions happen through conversation. How many conversations are we starting on a daily basis? Right? People talk about, oh, I'm offering transformation in my free content. We all know the principle, the transformation does not happen until after the transaction. So if you're giving away all this free stuff, but ain't nobody, it's not matriculating into any paid purchasing, you understood the concept, but you didn't understand the assignment. You heard the theory, but you didn't apply that. You didn't understand the assignment. And so I'm harping on this point because like this is, I think, like the number one plaguing the coaching industry, lack of curriculum. It's a bunch of gurus who are experts who are like, look at me, <laughs> hair flip. I got it going on. And sis, you do. Brother, you do. I'm not knocking you. But if you're trying to help, you want to grow your business, if you want to double the impact by like tripling your client load, if you want your clients to get better results without personalization or private one-on-one, -on -one, there's a level of death to the ego that has to take place. Because you have to be willing, like your, your pride, that joy that you experience, that thrill that you have, that dopamine hit that you get when your clients get the result, it needs to shift from I got this result for them to you getting that high and having that like orgasmic euphoric feeling when I was able to, from I was able to create such good curriculum, they were able to get the result without me. The shit, the high needs to change. How you dope up needs to change. You guys get what I'm saying? So instead of me saying, okay, my ego is now validated by based off the number of results and the, and, and, and the results I'm able to privately get my clients, my definition of success needs to change to how many, like the, how strong are the results my clients get based off the curriculum that, that, that they went through. You need to shoot up. I mean, I'm over here having drug references. I don't even do drugs, y'all. <laughs> I just watch one thing about me. If you don't know this about me yet, I love watching like gangster movies, gangster TV shows. Sorry, my camera on Facebook is like tripping. I love watching like anything drug related, mob related, mafia related, bang bang shoot 'em up related. Literally, I love Snowfall. Oh my gosh. Listen. <laughs> I love Snowfall. Snowfall, Power, Ghost, uh, Kanan. I'm watching the whole situation. Um, Paid in Full, uh, Sopranos, The Godfather. Give me anything where they moving some weight. Because tell me, drug dealers are some of the smartest business entrepreneurs in the world. That's all I got to say. Some, the people out here moving weight understand the principles of business. I learned so much while watching those shows. Okay, digress, digress. So... That's the, 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 your ego being validated, which we all have guys, we all have ego, but that hit that, that you guys, you guys get that euphoric feeling when a client gets the result, when they send you that DM or post that screen, post that, um, you know, they do a post inside of the Facebook group, or they send you a screenshot of a new client enrolling or whatever result it is. They send you a, a picture of the scale with them. They didn't lost six pounds in the last seven days. You have, you get a high. We want to celebrate. We get excited. But the high needs to not come from, oh gosh, I put in all this work. I personalized this custom weight loss plan. I made all the tough decisions for my client and, and I told her what her niche needs to be and she got her first paid client. Like that joy, that personal validation from getting your client's results needs to change 
from I did this for them to I was so good at documenting my curriculum that they were able to get the result without me being present. Your definition of success needs to change if you want to scale. First reason why personalization and private one-on-one -on -one is needed. Can we move on to point number two? Are y'all ready? Give me a ready in the comments if you're ready for me to move on to point number two. I know y'all taking some notes. Some of y'all still laughing at my drug references, but that's cool. <laughs> Let me know if y'all ready in the comments. I can move on to point number two because point number two is going to get a little bit vulnerable. Okay. I'm saying this with love. I'm just prefacing this ahead of time. I'm saying this with love. But point number two is one that um, I know that I have to, I, I work on this in my business on a daily basis. Point number two is the reason why personalization or private one-on-one -on -one is needed to get your client's results is because there is a lack of self-trust. It's a lack of self-trust. Write that down for your neighbor. Lack of self-trust. Oftentimes, if we are looking externally for somebody else to validate, for somebody else to, we're, we're trying to um, deploy responsibility of a decision, it is because we do not trust ourselves. We do not trust our intuition. There's something in us that doubts our capabilities, our abilities. You know, we, we doubt, we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust a decision. So we want to deploy that onto somebody else so that they can be held responsible for it. Because what none of us want to have happen, but this is just human. What we don't want to have happen is that, okay, I made this decision on my niche and then I went to do a launch and then it didn't work out. So the only person that I can blame is now myself. Versus if I'm my coach picked the niche for me. So then now when I go do a launch, if it doesn't work out, it's her fault because she picked that for me. I didn't pick it. So now you can redeploy blame. And the reason why I bring this up is because at every season of business, we're always going to be doing something that we've never done before. And there's always going to be a moment of doubt, a moment of insecurity, a moment of lack of self-trust, where we are looking externally for somebody to validate the choices or validate the direction or validate whatever it is that we want to be doing. That's normal. I think it's just part of human nature. We are scared of making the wrong decision. So we will kind of convolute and say, okay, well, I need to go work with the best expert, which is good. But then the, the scary part happens or the, the, the not as healthy part happens is when we now completely delegate responsibility over that decision when it's really a hundred, when we have a hundred percent ownership of the outcome. And that's really dangerous territory to be in. If you have hundred percent, like any result that you want to experience in your business, you have a hundred percent ownership of. You are 100% responsible for it. Even if you hire somebody on your team and let's say they're not doing their job well enough or they, you know, they're constantly asking you questions and they, they are not, you know, they can't ever make no decisions on their own. Whose fault is that? 100% yours. 100% yours. Why? You hired them. Your lack of training is what caused them to keep needing you to make decisions for them. Your lack of delegation of authority is the reason why they keep coming back to you for permission. It is not them, it is you. It's 100%, 100% your ownership. And this is where we have to start taking, you know, um, there's a book from the, the Navy SEALs. I think it's called Extreme Ownership. 
There's a level of extreme ownership we all must be operating in and within within our businesses. And this goes back to that done for you versus decide for you. If you're constantly looking for other people to make the big decisions that you are fully responsible for within your business, it's, a, it's usually because there's a part of you that doesn't trust yourself. You either don't trust that you'll make the right choice, which in business, you're never gonna, you're gonna fail until you succeed. Like write that down. You will fail until you succeed. It's just the reality of the game. If you're an entrepreneur, there's a level of risk tolerance that we all need to be comfortable with having or else you wouldn't be doing this. We never know what's going to fully work out, especially if you're doing something in an industry that you're and you're doing it differently than how your industry has always done it. Like I have so many clients who are working with us now that are in industries that would never charge as much as they're charging. They're in industries that would never offer coaching. Right. We have, we have event planners, like high level event planners. They're now introducing coaching programs, teaching other event planners how to build premium, like how to build their business. That's like kind of foreign in their industry. We have somebody um, in our program. She's in the dog training industry, charging premium, teaching, you know, dog parents how to heal their dog's anxiety. Charging premium and charging and offering it in a group container is not traditional and is not done in her industry. So a lot of the time when we are in industries, maybe we're doing something counterintuitive to what everybody else in our industry is doing, what everybody else in our industry is saying, even just charging premium prices in most coaching industries is not normal because everybody else is teaching you what? You need to build a low ticket ascension model. You have to build a list before you sell. You need to have people buy something cheap before they'll buy something quote unquote expensive. The only way to add more value is to give more private one-on-one -on -one time. Like, and then when you now flip the funnel and you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm leading with a premium price offer that doesn't include a bunch of customization or personalization or private one-on-one -on -one support. You're doing something differently. We, it's normal for us to, to doubt and have a, a moment of a lack of self-trust. The thing that you want to be looking for in a coaching program, or if you're a coach, really what you want to be providing your clients is not telling them what to do, but teaching them how to think. You guys hear me talk about that all the time. I'm never in, a, I, I know that I'm not doing my job if I have to tell my clients what to do. My job, my responsibility is how can I get better at teaching my clients how to think? Sometimes they don't want to. It's my job to at least piss off one person a week <laughs> in this category. And the reason being is because it's a, it's a, it's, it's, and if you're a client of mine, you probably have had this experience where you were like, Jerisha, just tell me the fucking answer. I hear what you're saying. I know you're trying to make me a better business owner. I know you're trying to make me a better CEO, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be a better person today. I just want to get this done. Tell me the answer, please, versus trying to teach me what to do. I know, I know, I know. If you're a client of mine, I know I didn't probably piss you off at one point or another during those moments. And I, and I know it because my coaches have done it to me. I'd be like, bruh, I'm paying you all this money. Just tell me what the answer is, okay? I don't see it. I don't know if I can do it right now. <laughs> I'm, I mean, we hee hee, we ha ha, but I know it's real. I know many of my clients have been in a position where they're, they're, do, they're working on something. They're starting to experience resistance. They're probably starting to either, you know, they don't fully understand the concept yet. 
and I'm trying to coach them through it so they can learn it or they don't fully trust themselves with the, with the decision that I'm asking them to make. And they're like, I don't want to be responsible for this decision, Jay. Please don't make me be responsible for this decision. I've already borrowed your belief. Can I also borrow you to make this decision for me? Like, I know I have some clients in, who are watching this or who are going to listen to this who are going to be like, yes. Phase one of leverage. Clarifying my program promise. Like, that's always one of the biggest places where clients are like, I don't know. Give me the answer. <laughs> But the thing is, is that how can we, instead of telling them what to do, how can we be better at creating curriculum that teaches them how to make the decision for themselves? How do we create frameworks and checklists and processes and whatever it is within your curriculum to help them regulate, did I actually do this correctly? Are there some examples that I can compare this to? So that they can make the decision for themselves. My goal, like the number one reason why I'm a huge believer in this is that if you enroll in any of my programs, or if you're a coach that offers a premium result, right? If you're offering a major transformation in somebody's life, you never want to create a codependency relationship with the client. Because then if, you're, if the only way the client can get the result is with personalization or private one-on-one -on -one access, they might succeed while they're working with you. But what happens when you're gone? They're not able to maintain the results that you got for them because you didn't teach them how to get the result for themselves. So if I don't teach my clients how to get the result for themselves while they're with me, the likelihood of them being able to maintain and sustain that level of success once I'm gone significantly decreases. And that's part of my ROI, part of my return on investment when clients work with me. And it should be the same for you if you're doing this within your own programs. It's not just how good were you, how much, how big were your results when you were in my container? How big were your results when you were paying me? But how big were your results after you left me? How well were you able to sustain the results that you got when you were here? And this is why if you've ever been in a position where you've in your business where maybe the first year, the first two years of your business, you experienced huge results when you were working with the coach. But then the moment you stop working with that coach, your revenue dropped. That is a red flag. Red flag. Call the play. I don't know that much about sports. Throw the little yellow flag on the play. If you've been working with the result, worth a coach, and you were able to get tremendous results when you were with them, but the moment you stopped working with them, shortly after you stopped working with them, whatever results you got started to decrease, flag on the play. Pause. Audible, I don't know. <laughs> we got to stop the tape. Why? It's because really look back on that relationship. How, how well were they at teaching you how to make the decisions for yourself that were, that were paramount to you getting the result versus did they just tell you what to do or make the decisions for you? Did they force you into things or tell you to do things without fully teaching you the concept so that you understand what it was you were doing, why you were doing it, and how to do it so you could sustain it when it was over. Huge thing. And then outside of that, really evaluate what caused me in that situation not to trust myself. What caused me in that situation not to ask better questions so that I could build up my own internal intuition and build up the stamina of my internal intuition. What caused me not to trust my intuition in those situations, not trust myself in my decision making in those situations? 
Because that awareness will help you make better investment decisions in the future. But lack of self-trust is a huge reason why personalization or private one-on-one is needed. And this is something that I even, I check myself on and I recommend that you check yourself on. If you're about to hire a coach and you are like gung-ho and like bent out, the only way that you can get the result that you need right now is because it's if you get private one-on-one access. I want you to pause and really self-evaluate. Is private one-on-one access needed or do I care more about like getting access to this person or do I, I care more about getting the result that they're promising? It's a really important question you need to ask yourself. Am I paying because I want access to her or him? Or am I paying because I want to get the result that they're promising? What's a higher priority for me at this time? Do I want the result that they're promising or do I want access to them? Which one do you care about more? Make an investment based off of that. If you care about getting access to them more, like, like I know clients say, Jay, can I hire you privately one-on-one? Like every blue moon, I will do a VIP day because people prioritize, like, no, I want to pay, like, I want to be in the room with you. I don't care as much about the promise you're delivering, but I want access to your brain for a day. It's $20,000 to hire me for a VIP day. Clients have done it. People have done it. But nine times out of 10, most of the stuff people want to hire me for is already developed and documented in my curriculum. So instead of you paying me $20,000 for five hours of my day, I'd rather you invest in a 12-month program because I know that you'll be able to get a much larger return on your investment over that longer period of time. So the third thing, this goes into this really piggybacks into the third point here, like the third reason why personalization and private one-on-one is needed is because of the complexity of the problem. So there have been clients or people who've reached out to me in the past. Maybe they're doing half a million or a million dollars or a couple million dollars in revenue. And the complexity of their problem is beyond anything that I have documented into curriculum. That is the only time I will ever let anybody hire me privately one-on-one for like a VIP day or something like that. Is when the complexity of their problem is far beyond whatever I've documented in curriculum. Because if it's documented in curriculum, I'm like, listen, my curriculum is better than what you're going to get me on the fly in a day. So like the value for you is not worth it for you to get me for a day. It's, it's better for you to go through this program. But that's the only other reason why personalization of private one-on-one is needed, the complexity of the problem. And usually if you're making less than a million dollars a year, the problem is not complex. Getting to a million dollars, y'all, now I know what I know now, making your first million is not really that complex. It's actually pretty simple. You think your problem is complex, but the reality is, okay, get ready for a truth bomb, y'all. <laughs> get ready for a truth bomb for here. Okay, I'm gonna boop, boop. Again, this is another one of those like, might, might stab you in the heart a little bit. But the complexity of the problem is the only reason why somebody might need personalization or private one-on-one. But if you're making less than a million dollars a year in your business, if you're working with clients and you're trying to help them achieve the result that's less than a million dollars a year in their business, and this is just for especially, you know, it's not that your, your problem is not complex. You just lack the courage to commit to doing what's required to get the results. You lack the courage 
to commit to doing what is required to get the result. Your problem is not complex. It's not a complexity issue. It is a commitment issue. Write that down for your neighbor. Write that down for your neighbor. If we was in church right now, this would be that time I'd be saying, all right, now we're going to pause for a brief intermission. Um, please hand the offering plate to your neighbor and, and don't be stingy with your offering today. Okay? This is your moment to be honest with yourself about where you've been lacking commitment in your, in your journey. Making a million dollars is not difficult. It is only hard because of the commitments that we have to make along the way. Most people don't want to make the commitments. So they add confusion. They convolute their business model. They complicate their marketing. They do all this extra shit. And it's like, well, Jay, it's just, I'm a unique, I'm a special unicorn, okay? The only way that my clients can get results is just we customize everything. It's complex. It's only complex because you won't commit to a niche. It's only complex because you won't commit to a program promise. It's not actually complex, sis. It's actually not complex. It's actually pretty simple. But you don't want to make the commitment. Well, Jay, I'm having a lead generation problem, okay? I just don't know how to attract qualified leads. I just, I can't, just, it's not working for me. I said, well, tell me what your program promises. Oh, we don't promise anything. What you mean you don't have no promise? I mean, we just have a coaching program. So we just have people enroll in it in my membership. But what's the promise of the membership? We help you grow your business. What kind of business? Any kind of business can join. Well, what's your vehicle of transformation? How do you help them? Well, we help them through every possible avenue that they teach. We help them grow an email list. We teach them how to do webinars. We teach them paid ads. We teach them organic. We teach them reels. We teach them TikTok. We teach them clubhouse. We teach them podcasting. We teach them everything under the sun. Well, what is the expected result that somebody can get? Well, Jay, it varies from client to client. Y'all get what I'm saying? Like, it's not that you, you have a difficult time qualifying properly identifying what the qualifiers are for your prospects because you don't want to commit to a process of delivery. You don't want to commit to a program promise. Your issue is not complex. You have a commitment issue. Well, Jay, I don't know. I want to be a health coach, a business coach, a life coach. I also really want to do some mindset work and some deep intuitive healing. And I'm also pretty sure I want to be a photographer and a videographer on the weekends. Why am I having a difficult time growing my revenue? Because you're trying to launch seven different revenue streams when ain't none of them already, ain't none of them working. You're trying to have seven different revenue streams, offer 12 different payment plans for four different niches, solving 17 different problems. You don't have a complexity issue. You have a commitment problem. You have a commitment issue. This is my dramatic pause. Think about it. Reflect on it. Somebody said, why is this true? Because it's true. It's true. It's true. I, I've been there. So I can speak with such conviction because I've been in the same boat. 
You know, I'm in the boat now. Sometimes I'm like, why am I not getting the results I want? Or why this or why that? It's like, well, where are you conv like convoluting the problem? And really, it's not about what is more complex. What, what decisions are you delaying making? Where are you avoiding commitment and what's required? You don't have a complex problem. So when people think that I need personalization or private one-on-one -on -one because your stuff is too confusing, it's too complex, it's too customized, you don't need private one-on-one. -on -one. You don't need personalization. You need to be willing to make a decision to commit to the areas in your business that are requiring commitment of you. Okay? So I didn't broke down everything I had to break down. <laughs> what decisions? Like it's, it's really important if, if your coaching clients only can get the results of private one-on-one -on -one or personalization from you. It is usually because of a lack of effective curriculum, it being documented, it being delivered in a way that's consumable for your client, a lack of self-trust. There's elements of your program or your delivery within your community that is causing your clients not to know how to make the decisions for themselves. You are robbing them of that opportunity, which is detrimental to their long-term success. Like I did another episode the other day around... Uh, you know, ethically selling and how to, how to create more value in your programs and all of that. If you care about your clients getting the result, you never want to rob them of the opportunity to like, you don't want to rob them of that teaching moment. Because I care about you like, and I think this is another differentiator. Do you only care about your client getting the result when they're with you? Or do you care about your client sustaining the result after they're done with you? Which do you care about more? Do you only care about your client getting the result when they are working with you? Or do you care about the client being able to maintain and sustain the result after they are done with you? That's enough. All of this is all ego. Like if you only care about your client getting the result when they're working with you, that is only about you. It's not really about them. If you care about your client sustaining and maintaining the result after they're done working with you, that is of service. You got like you have to make that decision for yourself. And I, I, I recommend that you self-evaluate. Am I am I coaching my clients right now? Do I only care about the results they get with me? Or do I care about the results they're able to maintain and sustain after they're done working with me? Now, if you only care about getting your clients' results and they're working with you, and that's the only result you care about, then disregard everything I'm saying. <laughs> keep doing all the personalization, keep customizing everything. Keep creating a codependent coaching relationship. Keep all that stuff happening. But if you care about your clients not only getting the result when they're with you, but being able to sustain the results after you, do the work of creating curriculum. Do the work of like building up your confidence and getting clarity around how to learn how to make these decisions in your business for yourself. Be willing to have the courage to make a commitment. And just know that like, even if you quote unquote, make the wrong decision, you always have the authority and the permission to refine and readjust whatever it's needed. So like, you know, I'm even five years into my business, we have a seven figure coaching business. I'm this morning, I spent three hours working on refining my program promise. I spent three hours refining my delivery of my curriculum. I spent three hours this morning refining how I properly, how I articulate my value how I accurately describe the problem that my, my prospects are going through. I spent three hours doing that this morning. I, I do what I teach. Why? Because I know it works. 
How do I know it works? Because I literally do it in my own business. Like I have, I'm responsible for those decisions. I'm responsible for committing. And even when I do make the commitment, and if I go out there and deploy it and it doesn't work out, do I have a process that teaches me how to refine it? Do I have a process that teaches me how to look at the data of what didn't work to pinpoint and point me in the direction of where it is that I need to make the adjustments? That to me is what the game changer is. That to me is where the value is. Because as a business owner, as a coach, as somebody who's growing, doing a, growing a business as an entrepreneur, you are going to make mistakes. Every commitment that you make is not going to follow through to your expectations. That is to be expected. My goal as a coach is not to make sure that my clients avoid making problems. My goal as a coach is never to make my clients to in the, put them in a position where they avoid making mistakes. My goal as a coach is how do I teach them a process because they will make mistakes that when they make the mistake, do they know how to properly evaluate that mistake? Do they know how to look at the data of that mistake to inform them what the next decision needs to be? Do they have a process to refine the thing that they're doing until they get to a point of mastery? That's why we tell our, one of our like philosophies within our program is do the work until it works because it does work. But the first time you do anything, you're probably going to suck at it. Like if you've never done a live video before, the first time you do a live video, you're probably going to be a little bit robotic. Why? Because you're overthinking it. <laughs> The first time you document and try to design a program promise is probably going to be trash. Why? Because you've never articulated your value that way before. Like I'm teaching you a whole new way of like processing information, of relaying information, of communication. Of course, it's not going to be perfect the first time you do it. But do you have a process that teaches you how to refine it, how to relaunch it, how to reorganize, how to readjust? That's where the value is. Versus me just telling you what's quote unquote right when I, it's not my business. So those are the three things that you can do um, as a coach serving clients. And I think it's also a thing that you can do to properly evaluate like where in my program do I actually make some improvements? Do my clients lack self-trust? Have I not really taught them how to make the decisions that are required for them to do the work and to fully implement if there's a bunch of customization or personalization or private one-on-one, -on -one, that means I need to strengthen my curriculum. And is, that, is it that the problem is too complex or is it that they're just avoiding commitment? Am I avoiding commitment? Which is why I keep trying to only work with private one-on-one -on -one coaches who can offer me customization. So I hope that was helpful, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Share it with a friend. Tag a, a you know your, your business bestie in the comments of who might need to hear this. Um, but thanks for tuning in, y'all. So I just shut down Facebook. I have a little bit of time. I can do some Q and A for y'all here on Instagram. Uh, What questions do you guys have any questions at all? Let me know if you guys have any questions. This was a really, I hope this was really good. I can't believe there's like still 60 people watching this right now. So glad you guys enjoy this. I see uh, somebody said when I went to math class, the teacher was just teaching math. We never got one-on-one -on -one in math class. There was 20 students in class. And I think that's a really important thing. Like when you guys go to college, when you go to class, um, you're taught in a group environment. Now, there's some teachers who are trash. 
And I think that's part of your responsibility as a coach when you transition into a coaching program, like a group program, is that you need to also learn how to be a good teacher. So it's not just about knowing the material, but it's also about, do I know how to teach this material in a way that somebody else would be able to learn it and be able to apply it without me like, like doing it for them? And that's a really important concept. Like you, ha you have to learn how to, being a good coach is just one element of designing a good co a group coaching program. The other element of being a good, having a good group program is knowing how to coach, which is like really, do I know how to ask the right questions to help my client make a decision for themselves? Do I know how to unpack my intellectual property? Do I know how to design a training and then teach that training in a way that they understand the concepts, why this matters and how to apply it? And then even from there, like the, your community in a group program is just as valuable as everything else. Am I properly qualifying leads to so that I can effectively curate a community of people who are aligned from the same philosophy, aligned with the same values, aligned with the same principles? That's what makes an effective group coaching program. It's the caliber of your coaching capabilities of like being able to ask the questions um, and guide your client as you're implementing to help them make decisions for themselves designing trainings and then teaching that curriculum in a way that they can learn the concepts and then how strong your qualification process is so that you're effectively curating the community. Really great question. Um, Nikki said application or open enrollment for coaching. Um, I think, so application and open enrollment should not be like, separate. So there's either launch-based enrollment or there's evergreen enrollment. There's either application-based enrollment or no application-based enrollment. So like, I don't think it's an application versus open enrollment. I think it's like, decide, am I going to have a launch-based model for the season that I'm in? Or am I going to be like an evergreen open enrollment where people can enroll at any time? Those are two different, like, it's really important that you're distinguishing the difference between these things. The enrollment of your business is a marketing and sales ve like vehicle depends on like what marketing and what sales mechanism do you need to use to sell their program. And I think that heavily depends on what the price point of your program is, how effective you are at articulating your value like and defining your program promise, and how effective you are at articulating like those qualifiers, those objections, those things through your marketing. Um, the other thing when it comes to, and then it depends about capacity. A launch-based model versus an evergreen model. When you're in evergreen enrollment, meaning that anybody can buy your program at any time, you need to be able to have the operational bandwidth to be able to sustain that from a capacity perspective. Because when you're in open enrollment, when somebody can buy at any moment, you're constantly marketing. You are, a, you are always having sales conversations. You're now also responsible for the onboarding at all times, um, delivery of your coaching at all times, Payment recovery at all times. Every your your every function of your business is operating at full force at all moments, and most solopreneurs do not have the capacity bandwidth to deliver excellence when every function of their business is operating at the exact same time. Versus, I think if you're making less than three hundred k and you don't have team members, I think a launch based model is the best way to do to go about it because you can you can you have limited capacity. So when you're in a launch based model. There might be a season, right, maybe three weeks or a month where your full focus, like 80% of your focus is on marketing and sales, creating good, creating qualifying content, having sales conversations, helping people make a decision. 80% of your time will go to that. But when the launch is over, 
and you have all of your clients in the door, now 80% of your time can go to delivery of that program, designing your curriculum, coaching your clients, ensuring payment recovery is happening the way that it's supposed to, so that you can teeter-totter your time. And if you have like 15 hours a week or 20 hours a week that you're currently now giving to your business, um, even if you're working full-time in business, if you don't have enough demand, like, so that's a capacity thing, right? What do you have capacity to deliver, whether that's launched, where it's open, close, or it's always open with evergreen enrollment? You have got to think about capacity because what happens if you're making less than 300K, what I've noticed from myself and even from clients I've worked with is when they're making 100 or 200K in revenue, but they're in open enrollment, it's too much context switching. You know, in the morning, they're doing a live stream to, to promote their to promote their launch. In the afternoon, they're doing sales calls. And in the evening, they're coaching. There's too much context switching throughout the day or during the week for them to really be effective in any one of those areas. So then what happens is all of them start to suffer and your revenue plateaus or it starts to have a slow decline. So that's really important knowing those distinctions. Um, the other thing about evergreen enrollment that's really important that nobody talks about is not just about can you deliver in a group? Is there demand for enough people to want to buy your program in a group? If you have not built up the demand, and this people talk about building up demand by like growing a list and like publishing content to that list. That's not how demand is purely created. There has to be demand for the offer. And it's really important that if you don't have enough demand, meaning like if you don't have enough people regularly applying for your program or reaching out to have sales conversations with you, even when you're in launch based enrollment, it's probably going to be very, very difficult for you to generate and maintain that demand when you're in evergreen enrollment. That takes it takes time for a business to have enough demand where they can sustain evergreen enrollment. So most of us don't have that demand. Um, and if you don't have the demand, you're going to be working three times as hard when you're in evergreen enrollment, especially when you don't have the capacity. So that's the first thing I want to break down the difference between launch based and evergreen or like open enrollment and application. I think if you're charging premium price, you should always have an application process because the application process is part of how are you qualifying leads so that you can effectively curate your community. Like the, the intrinsic value or one of the benefits that somebody gets when they join a group coaching program is the community in and of itself. How curated is that community? At what caliber can I expect from that community? This is why I will never buy, sell courses. Um, the main reason being is when you're selling a course that's like a lower ticket, there's no qualification process. The only qualification is can you pay, yes or no? And, and this is why when if you've ever been in a course or maybe been in a lower ticket program that even offers a community, a community, what happens a lot of the time is people will say, well, Jay, the community wasn't really that great. Like the caliber of the questions was really subpar. Like it was too all over the place. Like I was my success. Like I was getting results that were significantly higher than everybody else. So like it just was really difficult for me to integrate there because there was no qualification process. When you're charging $3,000 or more for a program, I think an application needs to be there so that you can properly qualify leads so that you can curate a good community, which is a huge part of the investment of why clients will choose to stay after they invest with you. So I hope that that answers that question, Nick. Um, it's less about application versus open enrollment, but thinking about it as, am I like, do I, do I have the capacity and is there, do I have the demand and which model would make more sense from a launch-based model or an evergreen enrollment model? And then secondarily, 
um, is part of the investment or part of the value that I'm delivering? Is it dependent on the curation of the community? If it is not dependent on the curation of the community, then you know you don't need an application. Um, if it is dependent on the curation of the community, I absolutely 100% like advise and recommend that you have an application. Ella said, how can you get started building curriculum? Building curriculum is documenting what it is that you're doing. That's really all it is. Documenting what it is that you're doing. So this is this is why I always say like, don't create a program that's aligned with the expertise that you already have. Like coach clients based off results you've already gotten. Like th this is why I'm not a huge fan of like, even when you go to get certified, like if you go to anybody's certification, most of the time they're teaching you a skill set to get better at doing whatever the certification is, but they're not necessarily teaching you like they're not they're not like you're not getting the result so that you have firsthand experience on how to teach somebody else how to do it. Does that make sense? Like, you know, I have a lot of coaches who have worked who've come to work with me or join my programs like, Jay, I went through like, you know, I got a life coach certification or I went through whatever those coaching certifications are. And those certifications maybe taught them how to have more confidence when they're asking questions and coaching a client, like the skill, the actual skill of coaching. But then, so they think that's what they need to be a coach, but then they're like, okay, but I still don't know how to teach my expertise. This is why I said having a group program, it's twofold. You need to not only know how to coach, like how to ask the questions, how to guide that client to making a decision for themselves, but you also need to be a really good teacher of being able to teach and train somebody else how to do whatever it was you did to get the result that you're helping them get. So when I talk about building curriculum, this is not, do not preface this as, as how most course creators teach you how to do it. Go pre-record all these videos, go create all these worksheets and workbooks, build out all these checklists. That's not what I'm talking about. When I talk about building curriculum, like I'm a big fan. It's Think about it as being a teacher. If a kid were to show up to class today, what do they need to know to get through step number one? And this is why I'm a big believer. I don't pre-record anything before I sell it. Like even a year into my program, I still, it's very rare. I, I probably have a program for two to three years before I would go back and re-record pre-recorded trainings. Because I'm a really big believer that if you're teaching something, the best way to teach anything is like teach it live. Teach it like on a live call. I'm a really big believer in teaching it live. Because and this is another um, reason why I think clients get great results learning through us. The calls are long, you know, they're 30 minutes, 45 minutes of training. But the, the way that I've documented my curriculum and I teach them to document their curriculum is don't go build a bunch of pre-recorded stuff where it's like these mini 10 minute lectures. Because that's not how people learn. Like most people, when you're in school, your teacher isn't like, go watch this pre-recorded thing and then come to class and ask your questions. They're teaching you live. And while they're teaching you, you're applying what it is that you're being taught at the same time. So I'm a big believer. And this is, again, why my programs are designed this way, is that I don't have these bunch of these pre-recorded lectures that you watch for 10, 20, 30 minutes. And then after you've watched it, then you have to go figure out how to apply it. But more so, when I'm introducing a new concept, I'm teaching it like a workshop. Like, I'm teaching it like a college class. Like, come on in, guys. I got my whiteboard up on my iPad. Here are some worksheets that are going to help guide you through this. I'm going to pause while we're going through this so that you can actually apply what it is that you're learning while I'm teaching it. And so that you can ask your questions while you're fully implementing it at the same time. And so I think when you think about creating curriculum, do not think about it like building a DIY course. 
because they're complete. They're fundamentally different learning experiences. When you're thinking about creating curriculum, thinking of, think about what is it that I need to teach somebody for them to understand this concept. And then what actions does that person need to do to apply what they've learned to actually prove that they, they fully understand what it was that I just taught. And it's really about when you're starting to think about your intellectual property, it's like you have to learn, you have to get better at not just knowing what to do, but getting better at documenting what it is that you've done. Uh, you guys are asking great questions. Nick said, what are my thoughts on on-demand coaching? I have no idea what on-demand coaching is. That sounds like a marketing term. Well, you get on-demand coaching. Like on-demand, I think of Netflix. Meaning that I can turn on my TV and at any moment on-demand, by my demand, I can click a button and a show will come on. Um, I don't know what on-demand coaching would be. Like that's in real context of what on-demand actually is. So Nick, if you're able to clarify that question, I can do my best to answer it. But um, I think on-demand coaching is more of a marketing term that makes it sound really good that like you get 24-hour access to me as a coach because <laughs> it's on-demand. And that to me sounds like a very lack of healthy boundaries within any coaching relationship. So I, I don't know if I'm fully understanding your question, but that's like my first thoughts. If you've only done one-on-one -on -one coaching, where should you start with building curriculum? So I'm a really big believer that before you go to group, you should do one-on-one -on -one privately before you try to teach people in a group environment. Because people try to skip steps of the process. Once you understand the steps of the process, you cannot st skip the steps. You can maybe accelerate faster through them, but you cannot skip the steps. So I think, you know, myself included, I started with private one-on-one -on -one coaching at a premium price point. It was $3,500. It was three months long. I helped people clarify their program promise and design their offers. That was, I'm literally still doing the same thing five years later. I started with private one-on-one -on -one coaching. It is very difficult for you to design any level of curriculum because going back to what I said earlier of having unconscious competence. In the beginning, you have a lot of unconscious competence. Some of us have unconscious incompetence where we don't really know what we're doing. We don't know what it is that we're teaching. We're not fully aware of what it is that we're doing that's working either. So I, I'm a firm believer that you need to do private one-on-one -on -one before you try to teach in a group at a premium level. Because people, people misconstrue and think, well, I know how to do this. I can teach it to other people. But I'm like, but have you done it before? Have you taught one person how to do this before? And have you taught one person multiple times how to do this before? Because it's not just the delivery. It's also like too many coaches think that their business is only going to be successful or their, their success of their business is dependent on how good they are at help, like at delivery of the service. That's just one component of a business. The other thing that you need to learn, and this is why I recommend doing private one-on-one -on -one first, is not only like how, how, what is my curriculum? Like if I do this with enough one-on-one -on -one clients, where are the patterns? Where is the repetition? But more importantly, do I know how to market and sell this thing? Do I know what objections I'm going to get? Do I know how to articulate the value of it? Have I learned how to define what the promise of it needs to be? Like it's very, you need to do that in a private one-on-one -on -one container. Once you have figured out how to effectively sell the thing, how to, how to position it, how to actually start to recognize what the patterns are in the delivery, then you transition to a group. Not before. People try to skip, like, well, I already know all that, Jay. I can just go to a group. I said, how much money have you made? Zero dollars. 
but I have a full program. My program's six months long. I have all the worksheets and workbooks. I have all the pre-recorded trainings, but I'm like, you've never sold it. So you can have a program all day, but if no, if you don't have not yet figured out how to sell it, it doesn't matter how good the delivery is. Business is not just about delivery. Business is about generating profit. Can you facilitate a transaction? And so there's other elements of the program beyond just delivery that you need to get good at. This is why I'm like, be wary of, of coaching programs that are only like, we'll teach you how to build your program. But like, do you know how to sell it? This, I don't build anything until I sell it. Because like, what's the point of me spending three months or six months or a year building out an entire program where there's no demand for the thing that I'm selling? And I've now spent a year of my time, effort, energy, building something without banking any money off of it. it it's, like, it's demoralizing. It can be like a huge hit to your confidence and your capabilities. Like, it can be really damaging. So like, when you're this again, this, this is heavily for people who are in premium priced business models. Um, so that's a really big thing. So I'm a big believer and you should sell one on one. Get you to get yourself to maybe fifty thousand dollars in revenue at minimum with private one on one. Once you're there, then like okay, you have now you at least know you know how to sell it. You know why people are buying it. You understand the patterns that you're seeing. Like you need to be making fifty k or a hundred thousand dollars before you transition to group. If you want it to be sustainable, like I skipped that a little bit. I'm, my process was a lot harder than what I teach my clients now. This is why anybody who works with me, you guys are getting like the simpler version than what I've gone through, like you're able to avoid some of the mistakes that I made because I tried to skip those steps in the beginning of my business. It took me nine months of like trying to skip steps that where I was like, okay, let me like pump the brakes and like learn the fundamentals. I keep wanting to scale when I don't even know how to sell. Like I keep wanting to grow when I don't even have the groundwork laid. You know, like I keep wanting volume, 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 when I don't know how to articulate the essence of my value. Like, we want we want the stuff too fast. It's like, be willing to have delayed gratification. Because the, the detrimental thing that happens in business is when you grow super, super, super fast without any of the groundwork there, without any of the groundwork there, without the foundation laid, without like the elements that you need to be sustainable, you'll get to a peak in business where you literally cannot maintain it anymore. And the next year, your revenue will go from $150,000 and drop to 40. Because really, you only had the foundation that could sustain the 40K. You didn't have what you needed to maintain the six figures that you had made before. So that's my two cents on that. But we recommend that clients coach one-on-one -on -one before they go to group. Um, I would think it's it would be the only time that I would probably disagree with my own advice on that is like you need to know your like you need to be very like if you're an expert and I mean like you know your stuff um you like we have uh even still many of them I, they coach they coach one-on-one -on -one before they went to group they just did less one-on-one -on -one before they went to group I don't know that's like my statement and it stands um hope I answered that I answered that question too If anybody, somebody asks, how to, what do I recommend for those who are just starting out? Like, listen to all of my free content. Like, that is one thing I take a lot of pride in. Um, if you're like just, just, just getting started, 
Like my free content is better than a lot of paid lower end programs. And I can like guarantee you on that. Um, I've had, I get so many DMs or like messages from people who've been able to like get their first paid clients and like get clarity and get started by just my free content. So like listen to my podcast. Um, it's called Jerisha Said. It's on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Um, most of my podcast episodes are live stream videos. So you can watch them if you need to on IGTV or on my Facebook business page. Like I recommend if you're just getting started, like go back to episode zero of my podcast. Um, if you're just getting started, like there's there's a, a, a series that we recently did on IGTV. It's called like, the three M's. Like it's the three M's to building wealth as a as a as an online coach. And if you go to my Instagram TVs, if you click series, I've already categorized all my videos for you. So like I would recommend when you're just getting started, you don't have as much money, but you have time. Spend the time consuming and executing based off of what you have consumed. Like, you know, you don't necessarily, I'm not saying you don't need to buy, pay, buy, any, buy anything or pay for anything yet, but like, I can guarantee you if you're a coach and you're trying to like figure out what is, like, what is my business model, how do I need to think about my offer, how do I need to start thinking about a program and promise, what are the essence of what I need to know about articulating my value, like those types, like very entry level things, um, listen to my free content. Like you get so many gems and so many nuggets just by like looking at my free stuff. Um, but you have the time, spend the time doing the work, like watch it and apply it. Like e don't, don't ever come to one of my episodes and just listen to it and be like, dang, Jay really know her stuff. And then you go on about your day. I, I don't publish this stuff for my own personal ego. Like I don't publish it for you to just put me on a pedestal. I publish this content because I try to make it as actionable as possible. I'm very specific with my language. Um, there's normally some very key takeaways or at least huge mindset shifts that you will get. So like, pay attention to what the mindset shift is because I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm teaching you how to think. And I'm hopefully every episode is giving you criteria for you to make whatever decision that you need to make so that you can progress in your business. So that's what I would recommend if you're just getting started, like if you're at ground zero, um, that is what I would recommend. Uh, Erica said, how do I scale from teaching live each program? You're not gonna teach live each program, but I think it's really important. I did another episode on this and defining what do you actually mean by scale? A lot of people, misdefine the term of scaling when most people's businesses are not in a position of actual scale. I am not in the position of actual scale. Personally, as a seven-figure business, we do over a million dollars a year in revenue. I do not believe that at any point before now I've been in a true position of scale. But what I mean by when you're when you're when we teach our clients maybe how to create more leverage, and when I say leverage, I mean like how do you serve more clients working less time? When I say leverage, I mean, how do you, when you're publishing your live video content, how do we now multiply, have a compound effect on your content where you can be, you know, publishing three, five, 10 pieces of content a day on different mediums of platforms without you having to live in the moment, create that many pieces of new content. When I talk about leverage, I'm like, how can you get more clients, consistent results without personalization and private one-on-one -on -one to you? So when I talk about scale, that's what I mean. Like when I talk about leverage, that's what I mean. So when, when I talk about how do you create scale or create leverage when you're live training every cohort, you're not going to be live training every cohort. The, 
the very first cohort that you do, probably the first one or two cohorts that you do, th think about it like this. If you are creating curriculum and you're pre-recording it all, right? But you haven't actually tested it to see whether or not it gets the result that it's intended to get. Who cares if you can scale lead generation and scale new people coming in the door if they're not going to get the result that's being promised because your training is not effective. So I think people try to pacify their program as fast as possible. Like, let me package it up. Let me make it as quick as I can. Let me pre-record all these videos. When you haven't actually like taught it to get real feedback to see if what you think you need to be teaching is actually congruent with what a client needs to get the result, to understand the concept. So I think a lot of time what happens is people will record all this pre-recorded stuff, build out these programs, design all these worksheets, create these textbooks, do all this stuff because they're making the curriculum or designing the program how they think it would need to be taught. Nine times out of nine tens, it's a yes out of yes. The way that you think it needs to be taught is not the same way that somebody else needs to receive it to get the result. And it's a huge reason it's because of unconscious I mean, in conscious incompetence or unconscious competence about something. There's a level of assumptions that you don't even know that you're making when you're pre-recording videos if you've never taught it live. If you've never had clients go through it, and then they're going to pick it apart. They're going to ask questions you didn't even know to answer. They're going to have perspective that you didn't even think to consider when you were teaching it. So when you're teaching something new, like if you're in the first three or four, like probably the first three cohorts of delivering your group program, I highly recommend that you teach it live. And after you teach it live one time, you'll realize, okay, maybe part one, three, and five I need to redo because I didn't teach it good enough. It wasn't clear enough. I, I missed some key components. I made some assumptions I didn't even know that I made. So then the next time you have a cohort, you're going to just keep those live recordings from the first cohort. You're going to plug those back in. And then you're going to reteach the, new, the, the three areas that didn't fit, that weren't clear. So you're not reteaching the entire thing all over again, but it's this process of continuous improvement and refinement. And probably after three to maybe five cohorts, you now have curriculum that you know is really, really solid that clients can get. Because you need to also do, has a program existed, have enough clients gone through the curriculum for you to even have the data to show whether or not that clients are able to get consistent results in alignment with what you promised. You don't know that. And most people don't even have the data, have not been measuring the client experience to be able to even track whether or not their clients are able to get the result that's promised in the program on a consistent basis. So I'm a big believer when it comes to like, don't try to rush into scaling when we don't really have, we haven't even created leverage fully yet. And we have to lay the groundwork. Like when people talk about my processes and my philosophy really only works for the client that wants something sustainable. Like if you're looking for a quickie, a quick win, you're only worried about revenue and like first line revenue, like I'm probably not the best coach to hire. Like we help you build revenue, but every process that we teach is really teaching you not just how to generate revenue, but really how to think about long-term profitability. And it's not just about getting the win today, but how do we sustain the success of your wins beyond today? Like it's a different approach. Like there's things that you can go out there and do so you can go get a quick sale. Like somebody could say, go sell a $27 workshop tomorrow. Make $4,000. Like who cares if you can't repeat that? And who cares if like you can't increase the lifetime value of your customers off of it? Like 
This is why those distractions, they might be quick dopamine hits in the moment. But like I would rather take four months learning how to sell a $4,000 program versus every day having to hustle up some $47 sale that I still have a difficult time selling. Like I'd rather put in the groundwork and like, okay, because I know that I'm building a business for the long haul. I'm not building this just to sustain my needs today. And there needs to be a balance of how do I satisfy my needs today with also with what my long-term goals are. And that's what our process teaches. This is why I'm a fan of like, Teach private one-on-one so that you can learn what your curriculum is. You're earning while you're learning. Coach your group program live for the first time because now you're still earning the money, but you're also getting that learning opportunity to design better curriculum. And it's, and it's this process. This is why our programs are designed this way. It's a process of continuous improvement, not first-time perfection because it doesn't exist. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So that's my thoughts on like, teaching live because again you're teaching live but then after you've maybe done one cohort or two cohorts you find you've unpacked all your curriculum it's all in these like because the live training becomes a pre-recorded training it's the recording of the live training so like that will start you'll start to compound that and you'll figure out where you need to enhance it re redo it perfect it fill in gaps and things like that and then you know normally for me it takes me about two years of me live training before I will go back and redo the curriculum as like pre-recorded stuff. Because I don't want to do a bunch of pre-recorded videos for curriculum that is not effective. Like I want to prove that my curriculum actually delivers on the result that it's intended to deliver before I spend a bunch of time hiring a videographer, getting my face beat, getting my makeup done, getting my hair done, hiring a stylist, doing all this stuff to record all these trainings. Like I want, I need to know that my curriculum actually works because um, I don't want to waste my client's time. I don't want them, go watch all these videos that are pre-recorded, but then like you still can't get the result that those videos are intended for you to be able to know how to do and how to execute and how to implement. So that is that. Um, you guys had some great questions. Somebody said, are you teaching live on Instagram? Should it be Zoom? I don't necessarily understand that question. Um, if it's a paid program, all of my, I only teach privately if it's a paid program. What I'm doing right now is just free content, free value for y'all. Uh, a few of you guys have asked about my coaching programs. Um, applications for Leverage are still open right now. So somebody said, can you speak more about Leverage? So Leverage is my like signature group coaching program. It is where like all of my effort and energy majority of it goes to. Um, and leverage is really for the coach or for the done for you provider who wants to, you know, introduce a new revenue stream with coaching. Um, we teach them how to design curriculum based group coaching programs and we teach them how to sell it at a premium price point. So a three thousand ten thousand dollar price point curriculum based group coaching programs using organic marketing methods and more of a um, like how to lead sales conversation. So we teach. The two vehicles that we teach in regards to how to sell your group program is through direct message and through sales calls. Um, and you can use either or clients use both a lot of the time. 
So uh, that's what leverage is all about. Like if you want to design a group coaching program that's curriculum based, like if you want to be able to get your clients better results and enhance the client experience without more customization or private one-on-one -on -one from you, um, and you also want to learn how do you articulate your value and position that offer so that you can demand and charge a premium price point. Um, and you want to learn how to sell it through direct message and sales calls, we are for you. So our marketing process is all organic. We use live video and we teach content repurposing as a way to amplify your lead generation. Um, and we do not, we sell through permission-based conversations. We do not remove the human aspect from the sales process. But we heavily teach our clients how to um, enhance it by properly, you know, only publishing qualifying content on their social media platforms um, and like learning how to lead a sales conversation so that a prospect can make a confident decision. So that is what leverage is all about. Like it's for people who want to grow and surpass multi six figures with a leveraged curriculum based group coaching program. Um, so that's the primary way that I work with clients. Like that's where most of my energy and attention goes to is leverage. That's what we're kind of known for is premium priced curriculum based coaching programs and teaching the other people how to do that and teaching them the marketing and sales to learn how to sell that, how to handle those objections, how to qualify their, their leads, how to clarify their program promise, um, and then how to deliver those results to their clients. So that's the primary way you can visit. There's a link in my bio right now on Instagram, jerishahawk.com backslash leverage, um, where you can learn all about the program, read our application page, and you can apply. Applications are going to be closing this week. Um, so if you are interested, you can apply there. Um, and then we also have a boardroom mastermind. It's called Legacy. Those are for clients who are doing uh, coaches that are doing more than $200,000 in revenue who want to build a seven-figure online coaching business using similar philosophies. So like with a very lean team, with streamlined operational processes, they want to grow with organic marketing, um, and they really want to make sure that as they're growing and like scaling their coaching business, they're doing it without compromising their profit margins. So we really teach them how to get to seven figures without having to have a huge team and a large team expense or without having to use paid advertising and having a huge ad budget, ads budget. Um, we teach them how to grow their group coaching business so that they can maintain 50 to 90% profit margins with a lean team, with curriculum-based coaching um, and you know a, a better business model that's like one to two offers max. So those are the two ways that I help client, clients primarily. Um, leverage is really where uh, it all starts though. Uh, Kenyatta said, well, I only be offering programs like leverage and higher level. You know, that's, we're shifting into that a hundred percent where like my paid programs, we're going to be like the country club of the coaching industry. It's not for everybody. Um, they are premium priced, but that's a hundred percent because of the result that we promise with every program, like leverage, for example, it's a five figure investment. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's really expensive. But like, let me also let you know that clients are able to earn a full return on investment within the first 90 days of being in our program. And it's a 12 month commitment. So every dollar they make after that is pure profit. Like we clients see somewhere between a five and a 10 X return on investment during the time that they're with us. So it's like, would you spend $10,000 to make a hundred? Would you spend $20,000 to learn how to make 200? Um, it's very much proportional to the return on the investment that we offer but we also heavily qualify who we allow in. So I do my best to make sure that we do not enroll anybody into our program who's not qualified to be there. 
Um, you know, it's it, making sure they're a good fit, making sure that the problem that they're looking to solve aligns with the processes that we teach, um, making sure that they will be a good fit into our community of our clients so that they have, you know, they can meet really good friends and really establish good partnerships. Um, is Facebook ads bad for lead generation? No, I don't think Facebook ads are bad. Just we don't use them. Uh, I think Facebook ads, it's a whole nother beast, like with Facebook ads. Like, I, I'm just a big believer, like you need to learn how to sell organically before you, try, before you start trying to spend money to generate leads. Because if you don't know how to communicate organically to generate a lead, you spending money is not going to just magically fix your inability to articulate your value in your messaging and in your copy. So um, we just don't use them like for to get me to the million dollars with leverage. Like we use them for our lower ticket offer in the past. But we've never used ads for our higher ticket programs. And I'm not to say that ads are bad. It's just that's just not the mechanism that we teach. Um, and when you're selling a high, this is another reason why I love selling high ticket. Um, if you're selling a three to ten thousand dollar program, you don't necessarily need paid ads because you're not running a volume game. You're playing a value game. So like when you're trying to make your first $20,000, if you're selling a $5,000 program, you only need four people to say yes. So like I don't need 400 people to see my offer. I just need four qualified people to see my offer. Um, so you're not playing a volume game. You're playing like um, a high value game. And that's a completely different lead generation process. So I think that's a really important distinction. Like you need to understand what's your business model. Am I running a low ticket, high volume business model where I have to have a large audience? I have to have a large volume of people seeing my offer in order for this to economically work. Or am I running a high ticket, low volume business model where I can work with 50 clients in a year and still make $500,000? I don't need to have a ton of reach. I don't need to have this huge audience. I don't need to have a bunch of people seeing my stuff in order for me to be profitable. So I think it's really important that align the marketing strategy that you are using with the business model that you are building. Align the marketing strategy that you're using with the business model that you are building. And that is on that. Um, If you guys want to learn about like our pricing, our offers, any of that, like visit our application page. Because um, right now, the only thing that's even available for selling that we have enrollment open for is leverage. So you can visit jerishahawk.com backslash leverage. You can read that application page. Um, it details out what the program entails, who this is for, who it's not for. And if you're not 100% sure, complete an application. Because um, myself, I right now, I'm looking at every single application that gets submitted. And, you know, that will help me get a really good understanding of whether or not I can even help you. If I do believe I can help you, then I'll, you know, you'll progress on the application process. Um, but you can visit jerishahawk.com backslash leverage um, to learn about our program and you can submit an application. And then I follow up with every single person that applies. So we'll let you know if you're qualified, if you're not qualified, if you're not qualified and I don't have something that can help you, I will point you in the direction if I know somebody that can um, if I know somebody that can support you with where you're at. So just, you can go to my website, jerishahawk.com backslash leverage, and then you can submit an application. Um, and that's like the best way for us to determine whether or not we can support you, um, or anything like that. So really great questions, y'all. I hope today's episode was great for you and got some nuggets and some value. Uh, I will talk to y'all later. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye y'all.